Big time. Oh, they don't have him yet. Look at Tommy Frazier. How many tackles can one man break? College football history buffs, welcome back to the second episode of the College Football History Podcast where I review college football games from the past, games that I remember watching growing up and that I reminisce on and, you know, you know were memorable, were, were certainly memorable. Uh, last week we reviewed the Texas A&M-Texas game from 1995. Um, quick clarification, I had mentioned, and you know, this is still true, that the game that reminds me of Thanksgiving weekend is A&M in Texas, but the 95 game, the uh, the final game of the Southwest Conference, um, was actually played in December, the weekend after Thanksgiving. So just a little bit of clarification there. So the game we're going to talk about today is 1998, UCLA ranked number two in the country going to South Florida to play Miami, who I believe was unranked at the time. Um, and this was December of 98. This game was, I think, nicknamed the Hurricane Bowl because there the game was originally scheduled for either September or October, and there was a hurricane that came through South Florida. They originally canceled the game, and they decided to reschedule it um, for UCLA, their final game of the season. So I remember the 98 season was the first year of the Bowl Championship Series, a.k.a. the BCS. You know, as college football was trying to always get the, the top two teams um, on the field for the national championship. Previous to that, we had the what they call the Bowl Coalition or the Alliance. Um, and the problem with that was that sometimes you would, or often, if you had a Pac-10 champ or a Big Ten champ that was undefeated and clearly one of the top two teams, they would automatically go to the Rose Bowl. And, you know, you didn't necessarily get the matchup. You saw that happen in 1994 where Penn State had a claim to the national championship. They should have at least. They were, they finished number two. They were undefeated. Uh, one of the great offenses you've ever seen. And they got screwed out of playing Nebraska. That was the game that everyone wanted to see. Nebraska versus Penn State in 94 um, didn't happen because of the old setup. So the BCS was kind of built in, brought in to kind of get rid of that. It was, you know, the computers were going to pick at the end of the day the top two teams. If you're in the Big Ten or the Pac-10 or the Pac-12, um, you know, today, then you would, you would if, if you were one of the top two teams, you would bypass the Rose Bowl and go into the bowl that was the national championship. So, uh, if I recall, the, B, the 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 game that year, the first BCS game was I think going to be the Fiesta Bowl, 
So 98 was interesting. 98, the teams that really made a lot of noise were Tennessee, Kansas State, uh, Florida State, and Ohio State. Ohio State was ranked number one preseason in the country, but they fell out of the championship race in November um, when they lost to Michigan State, who was coached at the time by Nick Saban. So UCLA had spent the year, you know, they um, were on a 20-game winning streak going into the Miami game. They were 10-0, and uh, had a lot of close calls. I had seen some of their games. Um, I didn't have a lot of cable TV back then, but we actually happened to have cable TV at my house in 98 because my dad would usually get us a cable so we could get ESPN for the World Cup every four years. And then in the 98 World Cup, um, he got cable and sometimes he just, he didn't, wouldn't get around to canceling it for a few months. So, um, you know, we had it for most of the, uh, for the, for the college football season. So, you know, I remember seeing some of their games. I think they, you know, you know, he had some tight close games against like Oregon State off the top of my head where, um, you know, Cade McNown, who was a quarterback, four year starter at UCLA, um, you know, would come and bail him out. And on that note, so Cade McNown, um, you know, was one of the top players in the country. Uh, you know, a, a, a high draft, a high draft pick in the NFL. You know, and he, um, I was looking at his numbers before the uh, Miami game. I think he started with like eighteen touchdowns, ten picks going in. Um, with ten games into the season, by today's standard, that's pretty mediocre. Um, that's what I and I've noticed that you know he. Uh, didn't have those, you know, the gaudy numbers. You know, you saw what Joe Burrow did in 2019 uh, with 60 touchdown passes. Um, Justin Fields with 40 touchdowns and one interception in the regular season in 2019. Um, you see a guy coming in as a Heisman candidate uh, with 18 touchdowns, 10 picks um, after just 10 ga- after 10 games. So, uh Yes, so Caden McDowell was the, you know, the general behind UCLA's offense. They had won 20 in a row. They're coming in to play Miami. Miami had just gotten blown out like 66 to 13 the previous week by a Syracuse team that had Donovan McNabb as their quarterback. So, you know, for UCLA, the the thing is, they just had this, if they survived this game, I figured they would they'd feel like they would be in the cha- in the national championship game, okay? Because um, that last that final weekend, you had three undefeated teams, if I recall. You had Tennessee, you had um, UCLA, and you had Kansas State. Tennessee um, had ex- had escaped a couple of weeks prior. They nearly sh- they should have lost to Arkansas. Uh, but Arkansas was trying to run the clock out and they ended up fumbling the football near the end of the game. Tennessee recovered, went down the field and scored, won that game. So Tennessee, um, was playing in the SEC championship game that day. Um, and they ended up, uh, winning that game. Um, but then, um, Kansas State had the Big 12 championship game that day and they lost to Texas A&M. So UCLA wins this game against Miami. They're into the title game. There's there's no doubt about it. So, you know, they had an explosive offense. They had a strong running game as well. On top of Caden McNown's, uh, the aerial attack, they had Deshaun Foster, who ended up playing in the NFL. Many of you guys may have remembered him for the, for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, so, you know, strong offense. Defense was suspect. I mean, that's stereotypical Pac-12 defense. 
wasn't they didn't play it. Um, they the defense was known for forcing turnovers. So I'm not sure what the line was, but they're going into Miami. It was not a sold out game. You saw a lot of empty seats in the Orange Bowl. Um, and I guess you know this this whole thing. It was like, is Miami back? And they, you know, and I, based on what they did against Syracuse, you would say no. They, they had gotten blown out. Um, Butch Davis was the coach at Miami. He was the guy that got you know kind of took over after um, Craig uh, Craig Erickson, um, trying to get them you know back to a national championship you know caliber team. But uh, you know in but but I think but I think Miami felt good about themselves regardless. It's final game of the year, and they realized early on that they're going to move the ball against UCLA's defense, especially on the ground. Um, Edger and James was a beast, man. He had uh, he had school record for Miami: two hundred ninety nine yards on thirty nine carries. Najee Davenport, um, who also played in the NFL, he obviously every everyone is familiar with Edger and James. He fall football. He played for the Colts. Had a great career in the NFL. Najee Davenport. You know, again, it's another guy played played for the Packers. Um, he you know he ran the ball well for Miami. Scott Covington was um, in his like final home game at Miami as their quarterback. Um, you know he he you know he actually uh, does um, real estate now. He's in in the Southern California area, by the way. It's just random thought. He 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 you know he he was kind of uh, wrapping up his career at Miami. He had he had a, he had a, he had a solid game as well. He had a um, you know, his his main his his probably most dangerous target was Santana Moss. Um, Santana Moss played for the Redskins, but uh, it was a deep threat. You know, he, and Santana Moss had a, had a had a long touchdown in that game. So Miami hung with UCLA um, for the first half, kind of back and forth. They start the second half. UCLA just comes out like gangbusters, and they go up thirty eight to twenty one. Um, and it seemed like, you know, when you're watching their offense, it's like Cade McNown, play action, stepping up in the pocket, finding one of his big receivers wide open. But then Miami was the team that started forcing turnovers. Um, you saw Brian Polly Dixon. He's a big 6'5 receiver uh, who's one of McNown's big tar- you know, main targets that year. He, he, he gets a huge gain, and then they stri- Miami strips him of the football, and then they you know, recover, they come back and score. They ended up closing the uh, the gap, um, and at the end of the day, um, UCLA couldn't put Miami away. And Miami comes down the field near the end in the game, and they and, and they and they go up, and they end up winning this game forty nine to forty five, and uh, knock UCLA out of the national championship hunt. Um, could UCLA have been is? Um, the question would have always been, was UCLA really that good? UCLA ended up losing in the Rose Bowl to a, a Wisconsin team led by Ron Dane, who, um, no, he was, I don't believe he was the Heisman winner that year, if I recall, 98. I'm not sure if, you know, it doesn't ring a bell. He may, he may have been. I don't, uh, yeah, he actually, um, yeah, he, he was 98-99. I'm not sure which year he he, uh, he won it, but Wisconsin had beaten UCLA. So, yeah, uh, that's kind of where the season ended for him. Miami, on the other hand, is kind of like that big signature win that Butch Davis needed to get them really back on track. And you're always – these days, man, you're always watching a Miami game or a Texas game. It's these old powerhouses, and you're like, they have a great game. You're like, oh, are they back? Um, you know, I think 
the UCLA game in 98 was kind of the game that got Miami back on the trajectory. I think that's one another reason why this game was so important um, when you look at college football history because within three years of that game, you would have one of the great, great single seasons in NCAA football history with the 2001 Miami team. And you saw a lot of the players in that 01 team who were just young young kids on the 98 team. You had Ed Reed, um, for instance. Uh, Edger and James had graduated by then, but a guy like Edger and James, um, Santana Moss didn't play on the 01 team, but Santana Moss set the stage for those guys that came later. Um, you know, so, you know, Mike Rumpf, I saw him play on special teams, and they were talking about he's going to be a great player. Uh, for the Hurricanes, and he was a starting defensive back on the 2001 team. So you're talking about Rumpf, I mean, Ed Reed, maybe, maybe one of the greatest of safeties to ever play football. I think he was, I believe he was a freshman uh, that year. So, you know, he they, they definitely got him back. I remember, the you know, once they, um, you know, they, they beat uh, UCLA, I'm sure that they got their recruiting back up. You know, recruiting has always been a, not too much of a challenge, I guess, for Miami with their South Florida talent pool. The following year, they ended up, um, you know, challenging Florida State in, in their rivalry game the year that Florida State had won a national championship. And in 2000, Butch Davis's final year there, they had, uh, you know, went to a BCS Bowl game. They had beaten florida in the sugar bowl and then oh one larry coker takes over and he just like runs that well-oiled machine and they win a national championship so coker was an off i think with offensive coordinator for the 98 miami team so um yeah so so that's that's the significance of that game first of all some of these guys are doing man you know caden mcnown was known i mean poor poor guy (laughs) you know he's like He's known as the biggest bust in Chicago Bears history. He was the number 12 pick in the NFL draft, and he, and he was terrible. Um, he played four years in the league, um, had a chance to look him up. He's actually working um, in an investment firm. He's like a senior managing director. It's a place called Kane Anderson Capital. He just looked him up on LinkedIn and found him. And then on the other side, the other quarterback on the other side, Scott Covington, didn't have as much of a hype. I don't know if he had much of an NFL career. I thought he played in the CFL. But he's working in real estate where he's in Southern California, where he originally was from. So those are kind of, you know, just kind of, just kind of my ramblings from the 98 UCLA Miami team. You know, these days you see like UCLA, man. You know, the thing about college football is like you, these teams, uh, these programs will have these like ups and downs. And, you know, you'll have a team that have a great year like like UCLA. And they, UCLA has always been a respectable, you know, I remember there were, respectable uh, as a Pac-10, Pac-12 contender. They'd have a couple down year here and there, but, um, you know, I rem- in 93, they played Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl um, back when they were coached by Terry Donahue. And, you know, you'd always see them in the mix for the Pac-10 championship or the Pac-12 championship. Um, recently, it's been tough for them. I, you know, it's, you know, you know, Oh, you know, and there's like random players you just, you just remember, man. I remember UCLA had a player named Darrell Price. He was a real hot shot tailback recruit. I remember Ohio State was trying to recruit him back in the mid-90s. And then he got to UCLA. And now he's playing. He's now started starting fullback. They moved to the tailback. So that's just, ran, just a random tidbit here. Um, is UCLA going to be back? Who knows? Chip Kelly's there coaching now. But even Miami. Miami 
struggling. Um, you know, the late nineties, there was no, I mean, Clemson was around, they were respectable, I guess, but not the level they are now. So you, I'm talking, we're talking about 98 teams in the hunt for the national championship. The last week of the season, Tennessee, they're terrible. Now, Kansas state, not good, not good. Um, UCLA, not good. And Tennessee was the national champion that year. So, you know, it, it's just, it just shows the cyclical nature of college football for most programs. I mean, it's very, there are very few programs that can really maintain strong consistency year in, year out, decade over decade. So, with that being said, let me know what you think. Uh, if there's any game you'd like me to kind of review, um, I really enjoy the 90s. Um, so that's why so far the two games that are reviewed from the nineties, we'll get into, you know, some games for the two thousands, not thinking about doing anything too recent, uh, at least for the last 10 years at this point, but you know, we'll definitely have to explore that as we move forward. With that being said, I'm your host, Mahinda podcaster, and you just listened to another episode of the college football history podcast.